Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. I'm Nani Shivers here at Workplace Strategies. I'm in the Phoenix office and a member of the board of directors. I'm here with Vice Chair of the EEOC, Jocelyn Samuels. Jocelyn, thanks for being here today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Your comments were extraordinarily well received on our panel and in your uh, keynote, but we have a couple follow-up questions that we thought that our you know, online participants might enjoy if we can take more of your time. Great. So based on what you've learned so far about the artificial intelligence initiative that's on the commission's agenda and was recently kicked off, what are the most important compliance steps that you could give employers today to stay on the right side of the law as this continues to evolve? Well, thanks so much for that question. I think we all recognize that Artificial intelligence has the potential to transform the workplace in really salutary and important ways. It can improve workplace efficiency. It can help to eliminate bias. At the same time, I think it's really critical that employers be aware of the potential exclusionary effects that can occur even inadvertently. And that's why we've launched this initiative to learn more about how can those exclusionary effects arise and what can employers do to preempt and address them if they do. So among other things, just an awareness that various criteria can disproportionately impact people based on race, sex, national origin, and that people with disabilities can be screened out by the AI tools that employers are using. So evaluating the criteria that you are using and feeding into your machine learning algorithms, asking your vendors questions about how they are evaluating and auditing the impact of their tools, what criteria they are using, the kinds of analyses that they are engaging in, I think will help to ensure that the use of these invaluable tools is done in a way that complies with the law. But I would also say stay tuned because this is not a one and done initiative. We do anticipate that we will be providing input and guidance over time. Hmm. Very, very timely, especially with the great resignation. I think that it's so difficult, but we can't have employers rotely relying on a statement that this is compliant. You gotta do your homework is what I hear, and that's really important. Um, So I noted during our session today that I think employers who are in attendance here at Workplace Strategies were immensely grateful grateful to the commission that real-time guidance went out during COVID. And I felt as a practitioner, and maybe some of you all did, that, and you perhaps have not heard this, um, Vice Chair, that I really felt like the EOC established rapport and partnership by doing that real-time guidance. Things continue to evolve. We hear COVID news every day still, right? And and it it looks different, but it's still the same in many ways. Um, Is there any evolution of the EOC's COVID guidance? And you could address anything you'd like. How, we're, how you're looking at accommodations, especially with the onslaught of religious 
based charges with failures to accommodate potentially, or how you look at the EEOC giving real-time guidance like that as such a great partner that you were during COVID. Any of those things that you could illuminate for us? Sure, and, and thank you. I'm so delighted to hear that employers valued the guidance we were able to put out. And I do think that our efforts to do it on an expedited basis mm -hmm so that we could provide contemporaneous advice with the occurrence of some of the challenges that employers are facing is a really valuable function, and I hope that we will be able to do more of it, particularly because, as you note, the pandemic is just a moving target. It is not a static situation, and even the nature of the threat in the workplace is changing every day. We know now that 60% of Americans have had COVID, and that may create some levels of immunity that didn't exist before. On the other hand, we also know that that immunity wanes. And so what that means in terms of levels of risk mm -hmm. is something that we are monitoring in conjunction with our sister agencies, including the CDC, on a daily basis so that we can provide the most updated guidance that we can. I would point out two recent uh, COVID-related guidances that we put out. The most recent of them addresses caregiver mm -hmm. responsibilities in the workplace. Employers should be aware, and I suspect have become much more sensitive to the demands of caregiving over the course of the pandemic, but they should be aware that although Discrimination against caregivers per se is not prohibited under our laws. Taking action against caregivers can implicate discrimination protections, and they should really be evaluating the ways in which they treat caregivers in their workplace. Second, we have pretty extensive guidance on the standards that should govern assessments of requests for religious accommodations to vaccine requirements. And as I noted in the session, we also have put the EEOC's own form on our website, which I hope would provide some value to employers thinking about what kinds of questions should they be asking their employees when they ask for religious accommodations in this space. And it's so wise to look at and preferably utilize those forms or the content in creating yours because it's a great baseline. Uh, you know, we also look to the EOC for some of its emerging practices, including using a gender X marker, which 11 to 13 states now recognize, and that being an evolving best practice for employers. Yeah. So I think looking to the commission and their guidance is critical. Um, the thing I will say employers did love about the guidance too was that it was dated. So in a lot of instances, employers yeah. were able to effectively track. Yeah. So what's evolving today or what's come out right. this quarter? And right. I think as we look towards the EOC even more, that type of partnership is just deeply appreciated. I, you know, it is so critical to us to provide effective guidance at the front end to ensure that employers have what they need to comply with the law. So we're committed to doing that absolutely to the extent we can. Which is the goal. So I think most of our clients, and certainly my colleagues know, I'm a bit of a nerd. I love to read the commission's papers. I often include them in my seminars, webinars, wow. podcasts, because these are real, really helpful documents and substantive. 
Um, one of the things I always look forward to reading is what is the commission going to focus on? And some of the past strategic enforcement plans give us really good information, right? Which is how is the commission looking at hiring of minors, which more employers are doing today than ever, given the great resignation. But the strategic enforcement plan is set to expire in what, about a oh, year? Oh, I think it's, no, I think it's oh, expired. Oh, you think it's expired? <laughs> so great. Then a very timely question is, can you give us insight on what's next or the process or strategies you think employers would like to know about today? We've talked about artificial intelligence, clearly one of the right. goals. Retaliation we haven't mentioned, but there's obviously the uh, collaborative effort between the agencies of particular note. But what other uh, strategic enforcement priorities do you think will be coming out? Sure. No, thanks for asking about that. So the commission for a number of years has had both a strategic plan and a strategic enforcement mm -hmm. plan. And that's important because it both influences the way we allocate our resources and the kinds of proactive guidance that we'll be focusing on over the period covered by the strategic enforcement plan, but also gives employers a sense of where we see emerging issues with regard to the anti-discrimination laws. Um, we are in the process of updating both plans right now, and I think that this is a, a, an iterative process that involves really thoughtful assessment of what are the current issues that are affecting workplaces on the ground? And some of the people who are expert in helping us to identify those are employers. And hearing from you about the changes that you've seen, the issues on which you would like to have EEOC focus will be an important component of development of our plan. So I would stay tuned from announce, for announcements from us about ways that we are accepting public input on the plan because that will be a very valuable source of information for us as we chart our course for the next five years. That's so timely and so appreciated. I've heard from clients already today here at Workplace Strategies that they deeply appreciated the opportunity to interact with you in listening sessions and soliciting that feedback. They've remarked they learned a lot, so all of our clients and the entities they represent would be well served, not just in formal comments, but that discussion where it can be collaborative and iterative and help guide policy. Absolutely. And my being here today is such a valuable opportunity for me to hear on an informal basis from your clients and your colleagues. And that will really help me to do my job better. So I encourage people to contact me, talk to me, let me know what's on your mind. That's wonderful. And we appreciate your time and the invitation for our clients to be in contact. Always a pleasure to have our keynote speakers add value to our online audience. And we deeply appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.